brought back to when I was growing up in a small town in Nebraska and friend and so many people around me seemed like they had life all figured out. Uh, after becoming a priest, it didn't take too long of uh, hearing confessions and spiritual direction and realizing none of us <laughs> has it figured out. Um, and one of the greatest joys of my priesthood is being able um, to, to be in a position of, um, you know, after having received so much mercy, uh, to be able to help place people's hands into the hands of our Lord. And that's really what today is all about. Uh, it's really about um, Jesus who's present with us on the altar. Just being here with him and receiving from him. Uh, it's about opening our hearts and just being here with uh, uh, the Father who Jesus points us to. Reaching out our hand and knowing that our Father has been longing for us to reach out our hand so he can take it. And he can remind us how deeply we're loved by him and he can pour within us the graces that he's been longing to give um, especially as we start this great season of Lent. So why don't we uh, just uh, start off with a prayer. And um, uh, we'll ask uh, for a greater clarity of who the Father actually is. And uh, just opening our hearts uh, to all that he desires for us today. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, we're so grateful to have this time with you today. Grateful for this time of silence and reflection and being with friends and uh, this parish family. And Jesus, we remember the reading on Ash Wednesday. Our Father calling to us, Turn back to me with all your hearts, for I am rich in mercy. Jesus, our Father, is rich, rich in mercy. Love for us that's not deserved, that is perfect and unfailing. And Jesus, we remember when St. John Paul II wrote about the mercy of the Father, he pointed us to the story of the prodigal son. And the son who was a long way off turned back to the Father with all his heart, having his idea who the Father was and how he saw him. But Jesus, it paled in comparison to who the Father truly is and how his heart is to us as children. Father, you have seen each of us from a long way off, knowing that we would be here with you today. And your heart has been filled with joy. 
Father, as we approach you, help us to realize that you are running to us. Not with any kind of disappointment or condemnation, but Father, there's celebration in your heart. Running to us, longing to take us in your arms, to embrace us and kiss us. Wrap a robe around our neck, place a ring on our finger, reminding us that we have always been and will always be your beloved children. Father, please cover us this morning with the precious blood of your son, Jesus. Through all he's won for us from his cross and resurrection, presence with us in the most holy Eucharist. We humbly ask, Father, that you would take us in your arms. Help us to receive the joy of your heart. Help us to know the celebration that you feel as we lift up our arms to you and allow you to take us close to you. Take us in your arms to kiss us. To remind us that we're yours. Father, please pour upon us your Holy Spirit today. Take our hand in yours. Help us to receive, Father. We ask, Blessed Mother, that you would be with us, protecting us and guiding us and making this prayer perfect. We pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, as I was uh, praying and reflecting on these talks, there was a scripture verse that kept coming forward. And it's Jesus um, uh, in uh, the Gospel of Matthew. And he says, Blessed are you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for though you have hidden these things from the wise and those who are learned, Father, you've revealed them to the childlike. We begin to see there's a, a difference here between the wise, right, and learned, and the childlike. And Jesus says, Father, you've given me everything. And so he says to each of us, come to me. All you who labor, all who are burdened, come to me and I'll give you rest. And here's a promise a divine promise. Come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke on you. Allow your heart to be united to mine and I promise this will bring you rest. And so just keeping things very simple, um, 
I'll keep coming back to a theme, uh, my favorite definition of prayer, the one that makes the most sense to me, and it's simply shifting our focus off of ourself and placing it onto the Father. And there's prayer. Taking the focus off of ourself and placing it on the infinite love of God. And we're reminded who the Father is, the one who's rich in mercy. We're reminded who Jesus is. Everything has been given to him by his Father. And Jesus, he's the humble one. Jesus says, learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus is the one who's perfectly focused on the Father and receiving from him. And his whole life, it's engaged in relationship with the Father. And Jesus speaks of the glory of us when we can become childlike. And the wise, the ones who consider themselves learned, they're the ones who are in the dark. The infinite power of God is hidden from them. Little children are brought into the light, and the wise and learned are in the dark. So, of course, we want to become little children, right? And what does it mean to become a little child in the presence of God? I think there's two things. And the first thing is just this realization and this acceptance. All of us are weak and we're limited and we're sinful. All of us are. Profoundly so. And it's realizing that wisdom, so-called, wisdom is self-reliance. The more we rely on ourselves, thinking ourselves to be wise and learned, the more we find ourselves in the dark, in our weakness and limitation and sins. And this is what leads to the labors and the burdens of life. But Jesus says to become childlike is to come to Jesus in a place of humility. Jesus longing to be yoked to us, becoming childlike is surrender. So there's a, a vast difference, like nighttime and daytime, between self-reliance and surrender. Self-reliance to be wise and learned, so-called, and surrender to become more like children. It's a union with Jesus and through him, receiving the Holy Spirit that brings us rest. And in this yoke of Jesus, becoming childlike and turning to him, as we receive all that the Father wants for us, this is what allows us to become lighthearted and playful and at peace like children. So keeping it simple, what we want to focus on today, taking the focus off of ourself, and placing it on to the infinite love and the mercy of God. Humble prayer. Um, and so first it's you know just realizing in a greater way how weak all of us truly are. Um, so think of 
a, a river that's flowing. Right? And we can think of that as time. It's a river of time that's flowing, and we have no control over that river. We have no control over time. Right? If we ask, um, you know, maybe there's something that we did this morning, and we're regretful that we did it. I wish I wouldn't have done that. Or in the recent days, if we say we really want to relive that moment and do it better, of course, none of us can do that, right? None of us can turn back time. We're on this river of time, and we can't reverse the direction of that river at all. We're powerless. And how many, how many of us in here and predict with any kind of accuracy what's going to happen uh, five minutes from now, aside from Father Holdren's probably still going to be running his yapper. Um, we don't know what's going to happen right in this neighborhood of St. Peter's, let alone in the city of Lincoln or the state of Nebraska. We're so limited. We can't turn back time. We can't predict the future in this river of time, and we're powerless to stop it, Right? And at the end of the river, there's a big waterfall. And we're all going over that waterfall, right? There's the ashes on Wednesday. Remember your dust, and to dust you shall return. At the end of the river, we're all going over. And talk to any of the old timers. The closer you get to that waterfall, the faster the water goes, the faster time goes, right? We're powerless to a huge extent, over sickness, completely powerless over death, right? And the wise of the world, they want to try to kick us out of that realization of limitation, you know, and saying, no, it's human 2.0. And we're going to figure this thing out. The more technology that we have, the more medical advances that we have, We'll get this thing figured out, right? We've created these huge buildings of AI, and the AI is going to, you know, tap into the mysteries of life, and pretty soon we'll figure out our genetics, and pretty soon we're going to live forever. Pretty soon we're going to figure out how to be God. And in the meantime, we forget the interior light, and our car is on, and our battery runs out. We're so weak and limited, or maybe that's just me. (laughs) We're so weak and limited um, to try to depend on our weakness and our limitation. In the midst of um, uh, everything that goes in life, it's building the Tower of Babel all over again, right? It's Scripture repeating itself, Babel 2.0. Infinite love, perfect peace, perfect joy, the love that the Father has for us will always be hidden from the wise, the ones who don't think they need to look for them. Humans who rely on ourselves will always be profoundly weak and limited and sinful, but the infinite power and the love of God who is far, far transcendent of that river of time. His love will always be given to the childlike. Those who are aware of how weak we are and how much we need him. Prayer 
shifting the focus off of ourselves and placing it onto the Father. Off of our limitation and sinfulness and onto His great strength and great love. It's childlike humility. And humility, it's often um, really painful for us and our sinfulness. Um, I personally hate praying for humility because I know when it comes, it's going to hurt. It hurts realizing in greater ways how weak we are. But um, a perfectly loving Father will in His mercy allow us to feel the effects of self-reliance, of our limitations, for the sake of seeing our need to shift our focus to Him and His love for us. So are we in a place of self-reliance? Are we trying to be the wise ones? Are we trying to conquer the evil in our hearts and the evil out there on our own strength? Um, What are the signs of self-reliance? Well, the signs, do we find ourselves caught in this whirlpool sometimes of the anxieties of life? And we're just harboring and dwelling on stress. We find ourselves at times just being consumed by fear and asking the what if questions. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if this happens to my family? What if this happens to the world? What if, what if? Do we find ourselves in that whirlpool of fear? We find ourselves sometimes just weighed down by frustration and anger. We find ourselves discouraged and at times really condemning of ourselves. At times feeling like I'm such a failure and I'm second rate and I'm not enough. Those are the signs that the Father gives us and it hurts, right? And I tread very gently here because I know how it hurts sometimes to be in those places and not knowing how to get out But in His mercy, the Father allows us to experience those things to help us to realize He desires so much more. So much more than getting caught in that whirlpool of self-reliance. Why does God allow our pain? He wants to help us to shift the focus off of ourself and place it on Him. He desires real relationship. He desires us to be yoked. Come to me, all you who labor, all you who are burdened. Come to me, and I will give you rest. And Lent, it's meant to be this time of recalibration. This time of purification, of being moved from self-reliance to surrender. A time of humble prayer, taking the focus off of ourselves and placing it onto God. God allows the pain to help us to realize that He desires more. Um, 
to show us how radically insufficient we are in the face of everything that's out there. Um, do you guys remember going through the pandemic? Um, that's a kind of a dumb question now that I think about it. Um, do you remember what was going on when things were shutting down? Um, I remember being in Lincoln and, you know, I'm figuring out, uh, I teach at David City Aquinas and the school is going to be closed. And I'm thinking, you have got to be kidding me. We're, clo we're seriously closing the school. Um, and, um, uh, you know, watching the news a little bit more closely and, you know, the world uh, is, is crashing down and um, you're going to need Clorox wipes because that's the only protection that we have, right? And I thought, oh my gosh, like I'm in charge of this church and I need to keep the church safe, so I guess I need Clorox wipes. And so, you know, I went online to Amazon, and this is before I stopped shopping at Amazon. But um, I went online on Amazon, and um, uh, okay, I need to, you know, to get a whole crate of Clorox wipes. And I realized they're all sold out. Do you remember? And um, uh, there was one, one bottle of Clorox wipes, one package of Clorox wipes, and, you know, I could get it for only $10,000. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this pandemic is real. And I, I'm braving a trip to the store, you know, because this airborne killer is going to take me out, and realizing I'm powerless. Right? So we can laugh at it now, thank you, Jesus, in hindsight, right? But do you remember going through it? And the fear that was there and the anxiety that was there? That, that, that experience of powerlessness. And our human efforts just leading to more questions and greater evils and a grasping for control um, I remember um, my, my parish at that time. Or, yeah, actually, I was going to make a point. Um, do you remember Adam and Eve in the garden? <clears throat> and um, all of a sudden, they've fallen into sin. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, there's natural disasters in the world. And, you know, there's um, plants and animals that are going to kill them now. It was a garden of Eden, you know. But now it's the world after the fall and death is a thing and there's viruses and there's cancers and there's murder and there's hatred and there's selfishness that's looming and they say, I know what we'll do. I know what we'll do. We'll build loincloths. How uh, pathetically insufficient is that response to the evil in the world? Self-reliance is the experience of trying to build loincloths for all of the evil that's out there and all of the evil that's in here. Human nature doesn't change. Um, the loincloths, it's the poetic uh, awareness of Genesis. Our human strength is not sufficient. And Jesus saying, come to me. All you who labor and are burdened, come to me. 
um, in the face of the evil of the pandemic, right? There was really beautiful things that came out of it. Um, I had parishioners come up to me and saying, Father, please, can we have more Eucharistic adoration? Absolutely we can. And the sign-ups filled up. Father, please, can we have a Eucharistic procession around town and we can bless the town, you know, and ask for protection uh, over everything that's happening? Absolutely we can. And I bet you, I bet you, in the little town of Bellwood, there is 100% attendance of that procession right when the pandemic started out. <clears throat> and then um, uh, the pandemic, you know, was unofficially declared over uh, in Bellwood. That happened about nine months before everywhere else in the world, which is why I love Bellwood. Um, and um, the churches opened up. And remember that experience of being without uh, the Eucharist, I thought I would never see the day where I had to close that door of church and not be able to offer Mass. Do you remember the churches opening up and that experience of coming back after being away for so long? The churches were full, and, you know, Father, it's so good to be back here. I miss the Eucharist. And I miss being here with God and being here with this parish family. And a few months later, um, and it happened to all of us, right? We can put all of us, you know, uh, to a certain uh, degrees in this category. You know, the parishioners one by one said, Father, you know, that time in adoration, life is just getting too busy again. And can you take my name off the list? And, um, uh, Bible studies offered, you know, for the parish went, you know, from that 100% attendance um, during and after the pandemic, you know, and it just started waning away. In good times, um, often we fall from surrender to self-reliance because we can trick ourselves into believing that the good things are, that, that are happening, it's because of ourselves. And the more we try and um, satisfy uh, things on our own strength, the more we try and uh, fashion these amazing loincloths. And to the degree that we fashion those loincloths, to the degree that we're in that place of self-reliance, is to the degree we are going to be crushed, burdened, labored. And there's a couple acronyms that I think help me to hold on to this. There's an acronym RIM, Relationship Identity Mission, and MIR, and it's just flipped. Mission, Identity, Relationship. R-I-M, relationship, identity, mission. M-I-R, flipped, mission, identity, uh, relationship. R-I-M, starting first with our focus on God. And realizing our God is a God of infinite love and infinite power. And he is deeply in love with us. And if we ever have doubt of that, the fastest way back is just to look at the cross. 
And it's a powerful Lenten resolution each day just to spend time looking at the cross and remembering. We, we are this much in love by our God. And if we start there with the infinite power and the love of God, there's the relationship, and then we go to our identity. Our identity is we're the ones who are loved infinitely by the Father. That's our identity. That's who we are. We get our identity from the love that the Father has for us that's not going to fail. Remember the prodigal son. There was nothing that younger son could do to lose the robe that the father had waiting for him, to lose the ring that the father had waiting for him. Because in the father's eyes, the child was always his, no matter how lost they were. That's our identity. And then mission, R-I-M, our mission, what we do, it flows out of that place of being perfectly loved by the Father. It flows out of our identity. That's surrender. Being childlike. R-I-M. But oftentimes it happens that we flip that acronym and we start with M. What's my mission in life? What is it that I need to do? What are the great desires of my heart and how can I fulfill them? And they could be really beautiful desires. And we'll talk about this a little bit more in the next talk. They could be beautiful desires. I want to be a great mom, a great dad, a great priest, a great teacher, a great this, a great that, right? And here's my mission. I'm going to become that on my own strength. And that's my identity. And if I can get my mission right, and if I, if I can be successful, that's my identity, then I can be loved by God. Then I can be loved. If I get everything that I do right, then I'll belong to the Father. And that's self-reliance. And that's the loincloth. And that's a recipe for being eternally let down again and again because do you see how we're depending on our, our weaknesses, our limitation, our sins for our identity? And we'll never be able to, to be perfect. And so the Father will never love us if we're operating out of self-reliance. But Lent is this time of beautiful recalibration. Humble prayer, shifting focus off of ourselves and on to the Father. Lent, it's not just giving up chocolate, right? Which can be a real form of self-reliance. I'm going to give up something really hard, you know, so I can, I can prove to myself and others how strong I am. We don't want loincloths in Lent. We want the love of the Father in Lent. We want Jesus to fulfill that promise, come to me. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened. I'll give you rest. R-I-M. And so, 
Um, I'm just going to um, uh, read one more time this scripture verse. And we'll have uh, some time just being in silence here with our Lord. And then um, after, um, uh, let's say, five minutes of silence of just being here and reflecting on these things, we can go downstairs for small groups. Jesus says to each of us, Blessed are you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. For what you have hidden from the wise, you have revealed to the childlike. Everything has been given to me by my Father. Come to me. For what you have hidden from the wise, you have revealed to the childlike. Everything has been given to me by my Father. Come to me. Thank you for listening to this great content from St. Peter Catholic Church. For more content, for other talks, for more information, please visit St. Peter Catholic Church, Lincoln, Nebraska, on Apple iTunes or on Podbean, and at our parish website, stpeterlincoln.com. God bless you.